0: Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chaus. Welcome back to the show. First off, uh, this is the Super Bowl preview show, but first off, let's take a step back, as we already know, the horrible tragedy that had happened uh, with the helicopter crash that took the lives of nine people, including NBA legend, superstar Kobe Bryant, and his daughter as well, uh, along with the seven others that were on board. Um... Heavy hearts all around. This tragedy affected me in a very profound way. Um, it's it's not as though I knew Kobe Bryant personally, um, but I share in the grief almost as if I did know him. Only because I say that because obviously, uh, uh, this is a football show. But I mean, I am a student of all sports. I appreciate I appreciate all the all the all that goes into. Uh, what it takes to be a competitor to win um to work hard and and to me there was a thing about Kobe Bryant I mean I still remember when he was drafted and the way his career evolved I think is is how I grew to appreciate Kobe Bryant uh I still remember the battles with Michael Jordan, um, you know, back in the day. So uh, this goes back a a long way for me. So when I saw the news break that his helicopter had gone down and they confirmed that he had passed away, um, I was extremely sad and still feeling the effects today. Um, Obviously, I I pray for all those who, who knew him personally and are struggling immensely with this loss. Um, but it, that's the weird thing about sports is that when you follow teams and players, um, of this magnitude, you, you follow them for how many years? I mean, Kobe Bryant played for 20 years and, and you couldn't watch a sports center without seeing the highlights of, of, of things that he was able to accomplish on the court. Um, so maybe that's a part of it. Uh, he was, he was one of my, I, I don't want to say idols because He was one of my favorite basketball players um, for sure. Um, But when it comes down to how I saw Kobe Bryant um, as a player and as a man, obviously when he came into the league, he was a young man. He was 18 years old, cocky, a little bit arrogant. It it showed in how he carried himself. And that kind of maybe I was rooting for him to succeed, but maybe I didn't respect him as a man at that point. Um, what changed for me is when, when Shaq left the Lakers and Kobe had to really become the leader of that team. Um, obviously, the beef between the two of them uh, of whose team was it, who was the star on the club. And when Shaq left, Kobe did change. I mean, you could see how he carried himself. He started maturing. He started understanding. I mean, at least that's how I viewed it. Um, um from watching all his games watching the interviews seeing how he uh, interacted with individuals and and that's kind of where I started to appreciate Kobe Bryant more so uh than his early years and then obviously with his family when he retired he he showed um if anybody's a a, a parent a, a father a mother they will understand when you view how somebody interacts with their family they're always there with their kids they're always supportive always teaching uh just a good parent a good soul at that point you couldn't really say anything bad uh, about what kobe bryant was doing um so Uh, That is pretty much, I mean, my two cents on the matter. It is a heavy heart still after uh, two days uh, after the news broke on Sunday. Um, It is a terrible tragedy. um, And and like I said, I pray for all the families of the victims uh, that that passed away from that helicopter crash. So uh, prayers up to everybody. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, legend, NBA star. So. Moving along, so we are here um, to discuss the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. But like I said before, before we jump into any evaluation, let's see what was trending in the news this past week when it comes to the NFL. First of all, I think one of the biggest stories was... Eli Manning retiring from the NFL, from the New York Giants. His career is now over. He joins his brother and his father in retirement, no longer playing the game. He had a stellar career of sorts, but the debate is real. So I've I've seen this argument posted many times discussing is, in both ways, is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback number one? and is Eli Manning first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. So it is a very interesting topic to say the least, simply because I've heard the arguments from both sides, and I already know where I stand on the matter. But, so here comes here comes the, the argument of Eli Manning did it with longevity. He played, what, 16 years in the NFL? And some will view that as it is easier to... Uh, achieve all the statistics that he was able to amass because of that longevity the knocks on Eli's career has been obviously his winning percentage is subpar it's uh, I believe the stat was his winning percentage was 500 his interception ratio is terrible but I mean when it comes down to it he is seventh all time on the list for TD passes and seventh all time in passing yards so even though the NFL has changed the way in which uh, the game is played, where it's more pass-happy, uh, more more passes obviously are going around the league, so these quarterback stats are going to be inflated. Records will be broken um, from the guys who did it, say, even 30 or 40 years ago. Um, so I believe at this point we have seen the NFL induct most everybody who has done it, prior to these inflated stats at the quarterback position. So, now when we're discussing the new age in these statistics and how they match up with their competition, I mean, how can you not say that Eli Manning isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback? He definitely should be. I mean, yes, he won the two Super Bowls. Those are the biggest notches that that claims his Hall of Fame uh, worthy resume. Um, without Super Bowls, yes, I would entertain the argument that it is true that he should maybe wait and and based on statistics, okay, we can see if he'll get into the Hall of Fame. But winning those two Super Bowls, the way he did, I mean, we can make the argument as well that Eli Manning was probably one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL, in NFL history, when it came to big contests and showing up, when Eli Manning was there on those Super Bowl teams, I mean, nobody can forget the the passes he was able to make in both contests, one to uh, David Tyree with the, the catch on the helmet, and then the other one to Mario Manning have on the sidelines. I mean, those things still are in, ingrained in my mind just in how Eli Manning was able to execute. So he, to me, I mean the Super Bowl's obviously put the staple on it for me that he is a Hall of Fame quarterback but now the argument does pose to say is he first ballot i could see people say you know he should get in but he shouldn't be first ballot and i and i and i'm okay with that i think that is a fair evaluation, but I but on the other end, I I wouldn't be angry if Eli Manning um gets in on on the first first go around. So to me, I mean the way the NFL is right now and the and the quarterbacks uh, where they sit with their statistics, Eli Manning is seventh and seventh in in two of the biggest um records for quarterbacks. So how can you deny the man um his bust in in Canton, Ohio? But I do, I do like the argument, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot of it as his time comes to jump into Canton. So moving along the trending news page, next one we see that is always having some level of uh, strangeness and and complexity and odd behavior. The Antonio Brown situation and saga continues to move forward. And I really just can't wrap my head around this because uh, I was extremely happy when the judge... Um, so Antonio Brown, obviously, if, if, if people don't know, he was arrested uh, for burglary and assault charges, felony charges. And he spent, I believe, a night in prison and was released on a $110,000 bond. Um, this situation with Antonio Brown... I did appreciate the fact that the judge finally recognized and was the one to stand up and say that Antonio Brown needs mental evaluation. I think this could be one of the best things for the man uh, because I've said it in the past. I believe he is dealing with severe mental issues um obviously things that he he may or may not be able to control based on his behavior. It is so peculiar um, uh, for for multi-millionaires uh, who played the game so well at such a high level, had so much respect fall off a cliff um, so quickly. And, and, and start to do these these unfathomable um, things. So, I mean, he is released on bond, so we'll see what happens, what transpires. But again, as we saw it today uh, on social media, he's posting on his Instagram that he's driving over 100 miles per hour on the freeway, um, showing that he's enjoying life, but doing it in a reckless manner and and not really having um, any... any Worry about what's going to happen to him. So, um, this situation continues to unfold. I, I fear that uh, uh, this will end poorly. If the, he doesn't get the help that he appears that he he truly needs and requires, so we'll move on from that one. Another NFL player on the list that is in trouble: Kareem Hunt, the Browns running back, was pulled over on a on a police stop, random stop, and was found with marijuana in his car. I mean, to me this uh, this isn't the biggest of deals i mean we have places who have legalized marijuana obviously where he was it still is a criminalized uh, substance and and I mean, the debate will be: should we allow um, the NFL to have some lenience towards these types of situations if the police do catch players um, with uh, with marijuana on them? Um, I, I'm I'm indifferent on the topic. It's not that I, I I have a dog in this fight either way. I understand why they do it. I've heard the argument saying that you know it helps them relax, it helps their body heal quicker, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, this is this is really a a non-story but one to watch only because of his past uh, uh, uh of being suspended for that indiscretion caught on tape where he saw was seen uh, assaulting with that kick uh on that female so uh, it's a bad look for kareem hunt either way i mean you're in you're an rfa um looking to to cash in on on your ability and um uh, It's not the best look that you want to put out there for NFL teams uh, if you're wanting them to sign you. So we'll see how this goes on. I think the NFL, I wonder what the NFL will do with this. Um, If this goes under under the carpet rather quickly and we don't hear anything about it um, for the rest of the offseason. I will be surprised, to be honest with you, because I do believe the NFL may uh, throw another suspension his way. And I I believe I saw that he was quoted in saying that if he was issued a drug test, a uh, a mandatory drug test, that he would not pass it. Um, So, I mean, you could could definitely see the NFL um, potentially doing something in that realm of a suspension or some sort of discipline uh, for conduct if they don't get a positive drug test uh, but that test should possibly be coming i could see that coming for sure another one on the board that we saw that was very interesting was philip rivers the suggestion that philip rivers was done in los angeles with the chargers so jay glazer i believe from fox broke that story um, and then he retracted it saying that it was more his belief that uh, Philip Rivers and the Chargers would part ways, and it was basically a formality, but nothing was actually quoted from the team, um, which I found kind of interesting uh, to say the least, simply because Phillip Rivers has been San Diego, L.A. He's been Charger through and through his entire career, and if that was not said to Philip Rivers first, and it was thrown out through the media. I mean, I can see why Glazer would have pulled back on his remarks because that is not the way you treat... Uh, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play for your franchise Philip Rivers definitely deserves a lot more credit than that but I mean uh, when it comes to uh, Spanos the owner and how he handles his top stars I mean they did the same thing with LaDainian Tomlinson basically a kick out the door uh, with a lot of disrespect so I wouldn't be surprised if this was true uh, in the in the in the onset but I mean Jay Glazer did definitely pull that back The other interesting topic I saw as well was Matt Judon from the Baltimore Ravens. He is a pending free agent, and the Ravens do have some cap troubles and feel as though it could be difficult to sign him to a long-term deal and keep him on the club. We have heard that they plan to or have open opportunity to tag him and and potentially trade him. This is a very smart move for the Baltimore Ravens in my opinion. Why let this man go for nothing? He is a top co- he will be a top commodity on the free agent market. So why let him walk away for nothing? Even if you hold him on the tag, you could restructure con Contracts with other players to find room to keep him because he was an absolute stud last year. But it does make absolutely hundred ten percent makes a lot of sense to keep him on a tag and try to trade him to another club. That would that would be my hundred uh, percent endorsement on that as well. Baltimore obviously could use more picks. They need uh, more youth to help the books get uh, get more in uh, in line with the salary cap. So. Interesting topic. We did come over here now from the Pro Bowl on Sunday as well. Obviously, like we said with the Kobe Bryant tragedy, a lot of people didn't watch. Ratings were extremely low. And I didn't really want to go over the contest because, I mean, it is the Pro Bowl. We know what it is. It's an all-star game with uh, no tackling. It's, it's, It's basically flag football at its best with the top players in the NFL. My beef has always been with this Pro Bowl of late since they made the changes. So I am somewhat call me old school in this respect and I'll and I'll take it. Because to me, the Pro Bowl should and always be based on statistical achievement. This is the only personal aspect that these players gain the recognition on their own merit. I mean, this is what the Pro Bowl is. It's an all star game. It's a showing that you were the best out of the crop in the NFL that season. Why did it change to allow voting to happen from the fans, from players, from media? However they're voting these players onto these Pro Bowl teams, I think it's absolutely ridiculous and asinine. There is no reason for it. You believe, okay, so the the argument and and the issue was always that the Pro Bowl was not exciting. Nobody was tuning into it. They wanted to bring some buzz. I mean, how many of these gimmicks have we seen where they're bringing in former NFL players from retirement to be the captains of these clubs I get it you're trying to build a buzz but still keep the foundation of why these players are supposed to be in this game and why do we have the game before the Super Bowl I could never understand this I get it. You think that people are going to be entertained before the Super Bowl because they're they're hyped up to watch the big game, the final game of the season. I still believe that the Pro Bowl is after the Super Bowl. And that way you can absolutely keep the Super Bowl teams and those all-stars, those Pro Bowl talent players in the game as well because they it's well-deserved. Like I said, this is uh, what... It used to mean a lot. There used to be a lot of tangible reason to say I'm a I'm a five time Pro Bowler. I'm a nine time Pro Bowler. Now it's a little bit diluted. I mean, it doesn't mean as much when when you saw players of of high caliber like the Dan Marino's, you know, the Jerry Rices and all them, Barry Sanders, when they went to the Pro Bowl, this was official. I was the best of my peers based on my statistical performances and i believe the nfl should definitely think about going back to that and forgetting this voting business where i can vote for my favorite player to get in the pro bowl because it absolutely means nothing i really don't like it so moving right along i saw an interesting argument on twitter when it came to dynasty so we'll, we'll jump into fantasy football right now for a second when it comes to dynasty uh uh football fantasy football leagues the thing is, I see a lot of these cats on Twitter doing their rankings already for the rookie class that is coming up, and we had—I got into a nice debate with some of my colleagues um, because I personally don't agree with ranking your rookies before the draft. I think it is completely irrelevant, and you're wasting your time. the st- The rankings will definitely change based on what team they land on. I fully understand you know, ranking the guys based on talent, these young up and coming rookies, you're going to dissect their talent, you're going to dissect their tape, and you're going to provide an evaluation to rank them. I get it. I mean, but the thing is, to me, use that evaluation tool that you already have done and wait for the draft to come to see where they land. So it is always the argument talent over situation or situation over talent. Situation meaning what team they are on and what their role will be so that is a very good topic because if we go back and say uh, Saquon Barkley he was in Dynasty Football before Fantasy Football before he was drafted to the New York Giants you knew Dynasty Leagues was ranking him 101 and it was, it was understandable because he was legitimately the best player to come out of the draft. He would have uh, the potential to have the the best career coming out of that draft offensively. But in this draft, and in many drafts, you don't have that clear-cut 101 guy that you're going to go for in Dynasty. That's why I say it is irrelevant to be ranking your players at this position, at this time. We haven't even reached the, the the conclusion of the Super Bowl. You are clearly wasting your time on these. If it's for entertainment purposes, by all means. I'm not going to uh, sit here and tell you you cannot do it. I just find it to be a little bit... Uh, uh, unnecessary uh, to say the least you, you you don't need to be ranking them right now i think you spend all that time in the film room studying their game seeing what they're good at that way you can appropriately when the time comes place a value marker on these rookies coming in uh to the nfl so moving right along, let's jump into Super Bowl 54, the battle for supremacy, league final. This is it. There will be no tomorrow after Sunday's contest, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So when we went through their rosters, all the statistics that have happened, we started to break down the team's Um in comparison to how we believe how i believe um each team matches up against each other so first off we broke down the quarterbacks obviously it's patrick mahomes versus jimmy garoppolo and for me it's clear cut i don't see um jimmy garoppolo matching patrick mahomes uh in any sort of way i i Okay, so does Jimmy Garoppolo stink? No. Is Jimmy Garoppolo a game manager? I still say no. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo has the ability to move this offense when he's called upon. I really do. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is in a different stratosphere when it comes to talent, ability, uh, improvisation, accuracy, arm strength. I think Patrick Mahomes is light years ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo at this point and um, and 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 this game could definitely come on the the arms of both these quarterbacks and I mean that's why I say that Jimmy Garoppolo does have ability because of what had happened in that New Orleans Saints game earlier this season where he literally was throwing the ball all over the field and making things happen I mean he's done it more than once I believe against the Cardinals he had a monster day throwing four touchdowns again Cardinals defense Kansas City Chiefs defense a little bit different but when it comes to Patrick Mahomes I believe the Kansas City Chiefs definitely have the edge there and I don't think many would argue. When it comes to the running back situation for both clubs, I really got to give the edge and I think most would as well to the San Francisco 49ers. Tevin Coleman still is a uh, question mark, a question mark to suit up in this contest. I haven't seen much in uh, the reports as of late. Uh, I am not I don't believe he practiced last week. Um, it, it, it could be a, a long shot to see Tevin Coleman have a big role. I would believe that Kyle Shanahan will roll with Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida uh, with with possibly Tevin Coleman being the third back to maybe just gain a few touches um, to change of pace uh, to leave Kansas City guessing. But when it comes to the running backs, I mean LaShawn McCoy. I'm I'm rooting for LaShawn. I mean I'm a uh, everyone knows I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. He came to Buffalo and he he proved uh, what type of guy he was. He he didn't want to come right away, but then he he just blew up for Bills Mafia. And when he got uh, released and went to Kansas City, uh, part of me still wants to see uh, Shady do extremely well, uh, especially in this contest. Damian Williams, to me, I am. I don't want to say I'm not a supporter of Damian Williams. I think he has ability. I just think the, uh, the like we said, the situation is greater than the talent uh, in this situation for uh, Damian Williams. He he can he can make things happen. He's got that burst to break away. Um, but against this Kansas City defensive front with uh, Chris Jones, I uh, and company, I really, and Frank Clark, I believe um, he they will struggle to find open lanes. In this game, so Andy Reid will definitely have to get creative. I do envision a lot of screen passes. This is where Williams could come to play. I really wonder what Shady's role will be, simply because of the fumbles as he had over the course of the season, uh, which made Andy Reid force to uh, put Shady on the bench. Um, But when it comes to how these running backs actually have performed over the course of the entire season. I mean, hands down, um, San Francisco takes the cake in that regard. So when it comes to the wide receiver comparison, again, here's the thing. I believe I, I do like both squads a lot, but when you break it down and you have to provide without a reasonable doubt that which side would be better, I think you have to point the 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 asterisks toward the Kansas City Chiefs and their receiving core. I mean, you have Tyreek Hill who is out of this world fast. He 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 gets into the Difficult spots, he makes all the catches. I mean, he can burn this defense at will. Uh, you have Sammy Watkins, who at times um, can still be that performer for your club. I again, so Sammy Watkins, I have a little bit of past with Sammy. I I still believe in his talent I still believed that Sammy Watkins coming out of that draft was the most polished talented uh, uh, receiver of the class Um, as it stands right now he has been a bust completely Um, you can't argue it I mean the statistical consistency is not there he's constantly injured Um, he still struggles with drops from time to time but I truly believe that this could be a game Sammy Watkins will be utilized a lot. Um, McCole Hardman, the rookie, another speedster track star, I believe his role could increase in this contest as well. I believe the speed with Tyreek Hill and and, uh, Hardman uh, will be a very difficult matchup for the 49ers' defense. And then, I mean, you got that Robinson kid who had stepped up in uh, times where the injuries had overtaken this receiving core. He could also have a role in this contest. But, I mean,. When you compare it to what the 49ers have, you have Emmanuel Sanders, who I am a huge supporter of. I think Manny is a a star. I think he's a stud. He comes to play in the most uh, important times, most important games, and I truly believe he will be utilized a lot more in this contest especially if the 49ers ground game uh finds any amount of struggle i think you'll see a lot of emmanuel sanders debo samuel the rookie he is he's come into his own over the playoff run and then going back to the last 5 weeks of the nfl season i mean he has been lights out impressive he has wheels upon wheels himself he can break tackles and he just has a nose for the end zone so I mean, and then this kid Kedrick Bourne, he he looks good to me as well. He is kind of the afterthought who who makes plays in this offense, and I think he could steal a, a touchdown or two in this game as well. It's going to be very interesting. But when it comes down to where you put the meter, the value meter, I got to say the Kansas City Chiefs are the better club at the receiver position. When it comes to tight end, this is as equal as it can possibly be. Get can it? I mean, can it get any more equal than uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey? These two guys are absolutely unbelievable talents. I mean, they both do the same things extremely well. They both catch the ball extremely well. They both block very well. If it comes to route running, I think you got to give the edge to uh, Kelsey on that one. But I mean, uh, you're you're in the tight end position playing against majority of the time linebackers and safeties, so your route running isn't necessarily important. The physicality, I think you could probably give the edge in physicality toward Kittle simply because that stiff arm is just behemoth he will take you down with that stiff arm he'll drop that shoulder and lay out the defender uh, without question so I mean both both players are extremely talented I I do say it's equal but news did come out that uh, uh, George Kittle was playing injured with that torn labrum uh, since 2018 I mean how tough can this guy be to be playing with a torn labrum muscle that is ridiculous ridiculous so um, but those two I really truly believe that they will have a massive role as well and they are equal 110 percent so when we go to the offensive line and discuss what we see there i i have to give the edge to the san francisco 49ers their offensive line is just amazing when you look at the protection that garoppolo has had majority of the time uh it's been there um but the holes they are better at run blocking than they are at the pass protection that's that's for sure the holes these running backs get they are making raheem Mostert look like a superstar not that not to take anything away from Mostert I mean but I feel I could run through these holes that this 49ers offensive line is getting I mean they're massive you can you can drive semi trucks through them I uh, it's not to say that Kansas City's offensive line is 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 bad They, they they are good as well however I definitely believe um, especially when you saw what happened the the previous game against the Titans, how much pressure and how much uh, Patrick Mahomes was under duress because his line was getting uh, schemed upon uh, in blitz packages and and changeups. Um, so, I really have to give the edge to the 49ers offensive line. I truly do believe they are the better unit. When it comes to the defensive line, again, we have to go to the 49ers. San Francisco's defensive front is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you have Bosa, you have Armstead, you have D. Ford. I know I'm missing another guy in there as well, uh, DeForest Buckner. You have an absolute all-star front four which allows you to do whatever you want in coverage Because you don't necessarily have to blitz. This is what makes the San Francisco 49ers defense so impressive. You don't have to bring more heat. And if you do, you know somebody else is coming in free. So when I heard some analysts say that San Francisco could die with the blitz because Patrick Mahomes is extremely impressive in beating the blitz... I really wonder if that's going to be the case against this 49ers defense simply because of this front four. Just absolutely fantastic. It's not to even say that Kansas City's defensive line is bad either. Chris Jones and uh, Frank Clark, like we mentioned before, they are your weapons. They are your keys. Um, They're going to come out full force, and they have played extremely well. This defense as a whole has played extremely well for Kansas City. Going back uh, over this winning streak that they have, I believe it is over the eight weeks, um, uh, the past eight weeks, they have played extremely well. Um, but definitely, I mean, nobody nobody will argue me on that. I guarantee it that the San Francisco 49ers defensive front is better and has a lot more talent and ability. When it comes to the linebacking core, I was going to mark this down as an equal, uh, but I'm going to give a slight, slight edge to the San Francisco 49ers simply because I have a massive man crush on Quan Alexander. I believe he is the absolute difference maker on this defense he is the quarterback that allows that front seven uh the front four excuse me to do what they want to do he he calls it he covers it he's in there in the run stuffing so when you have a guy who can who can dissect the run and take care of that aspect of the game that even gives your front four that much more freedom to rush the passer and not even worry about taking care of the running back so when it comes to line. Backers, I really want to I wanted to make it more on the equal side but the way that the Niners have been playing and getting Quan Alexander back I think is is the one that kind of pushed it over the edge for me when it comes to the defensive back core on both clubs I gotta throw an equal on this I believe you know with Richard Sherman You have Ward on the back end. They have some struggles uh, with that rookie, uh, uh, San Francisco I'm talking about. His name has evaded me. Witherspoon, I believe. Um, They have had their struggles. But, I mean, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, what Tyron Matthew has been able to do, um, uh, Fuller has been absolutely spectacular at times. I mean, if he could learn how to intercept the ball, we would have arguments to say he is one of the better defensive backs in the NFL. He just continuously drops that ball. But I mean, you how can you not give... I want to give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs in this respect, but I do like how the 49ers uh, defensive core has played, the defensive backfield has played. But I mean, even with Brashard Breeland, he has shown me something over these last eight games. He has played a lot better. But it all stems from Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. He will come out to play. He will be like the, I want to say, Cam Chancellor, uh, Earl Thomas of the Seattle days. He will be like a combination of the two in this contest. This defense will ride and die with Tyron Matthew. That is 100% in my mind. I don't see it any other way. So... With that, I mean, that is the roster breakdown for the most part. So let's even jump it to the coaching staffs. Let's go to Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan. This is a very interesting aspect of this contest. Kyle Shanahan has been near perfection this season. Very few stumbles. He's been to the Super Bowl before as well with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that one to me means more than than any other games in the past simply because he had the lead on the Patriots with the Falcons and it, it, it they, they blew it. So And that was on him. More so because of how he handled the offensive game plan, the the, the the game clock. Everything that went into the Falcons losing, you could definitely pinpoint a lot of the mistakes on what Kyle Shanahan did. I really don't believe he will make those mistakes again. I think he will have a very sound game plan, especially if they take the lead. When it comes to Andy Reid, I... I really am pulling for, I, I like both coaches. I'm, I don't really have, a, a, like I said, a dog in this fight either. I think Andy Reid is so deserving of a Super Bowl for all the success that he has had in his career and to never hoist that uh, Lombardi trophy, I think, is a travesty. I mean, when you look at his coaching tree and all the successful uh, individuals that have come from it I mean, how can you have such a resume and pedigree and not have a Super Bowl on your resume? Uh, 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 so, I mean, maybe I am leaning a little bit to more uh, favor Andy Reid to get that trophy, but his problem to me in this game will be how he manages the game uh uh overall this has been historically his biggest problem managing the clock in important contests uh, managing the game not creating those mistakes uh, uh allowing your players to play the game rather than you taking over and and losing momentum with any side-step in coaching so vegas has the line today At minus 1.5, favoring the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, you can't fault the line. I like the line simply because of how powerful the offense is for Kansas City. This will be very important, I think, because while both defenses have played well, obviously San Francisco is the better unit overall. Patrick Mahomes is literally just unstoppable he will find a way i mean when you look back at what happened in that titans contest you know that this team was destined for great things to win the super bowl and i mean they 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 clutched and grabbed their way and they should be able to cover a two-point spread you would think right but i mean it will come down to a few things for kansas city so in my opinion Obviously, the attention is going to go to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So like I was saying and and intimating before, I truly believe that Sammy Watkins will be and should be an X-factor in this game, along with McCole Hardman. I, I think that if you can open up this secondary, they will have a very difficult time Um, stopping the pass. But I do believe that the 49ers aren't dumb enough to be blitzing all day because they have the belief in that front four. They will play more coverage. So they will dare Kansas City to beat them with the run. So this is why I'm saying, do you believe that LeSean McCoy and Damian Williams can outlast this 49ers front front seven, front four um, as they play coverage? So I really want to say that Patrick Mahomes could have the edge based on game plan but I, I it's going to be interesting to say the least simply because the 49ers i i truly believe will not blitz and they will play more coverage especially to start this game especially in the first half and 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 obviously Andy Reid will adjust if that does happen but i think you're going to have to see Sammy Watkins and McCole Hardman be more important in the game plan um, for kansas city to be successful like i said i really question the kansas city chiefs run attack they will have to play damian williams and Lashawn mccoy will have to do something regardless if it's in the screen game if it's in the run game if if you recreate the run through the screen and short pass i mean i'm okay with that who wouldn't be as long as you're getting chunk yardage down the field i think that'll be a, a, a solid game plan for the kansas city chiefs as well For the Kansas City defense, like we said, they improved. They did very well over their last uh, eight games or so. I believe that was the winning streak. And they are a team to be reckoned with. Tyron Matthew is playing at an extremely high level. And I think he will be vastly important uh, if, if Kansas City does win this game. So on San Francisco's side... Again, Tevin Coleman, if he does not suit up, I believe that is a massive problem. Even if he wouldn't have a big role, you want that image of threat in the mind of the Kansas City Chiefs that they'd still have that three-headed monster in the backfield to run the ball anytime they want where Kyle Shanahan could place uh, whichever running back he wants on whatever plays he's calling to confuse the defense to say am I running am I throwing because San Francisco is one of the best in the NFL to do that to confuse you because all their running backs can catch the ball Um, Raheem Mostert is going to be huge this offensive line is going to be huge um, for this game, if Frank Clark and Chris Jones can be uh, somewhat contained, and I mean somewhat is a is a big if because these these gentlemen are absolute beasts on the field, I think Mostert could have a good game again after what we saw him do to the Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, anything is possible at this point, and I really like the way Raheem Mostert is playing. Jimmy Garoppolo to me. is is another question mark, but I've seen it before, and I truly believe, I mean, I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo could step his game up to the next level, but my fear is that what we witnessed in the Minnesota Vikings contest in the divisional round could be his undoing. Um, Those errant passes, the continuing... Uh, of throwing over the middle without recognizing where the linebackers are in the zone has been a problem for him um, this season. So, excuse me. So if, if we do see that from Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, it's no coincidence that Kyle Shanahan will prefer to run the ball. Um, but when you look back at what he was able to achieve in the in the New Orleans Saints uh, contest that was in, in the, I believe, what, 98-point uh, range uh, total points scored. I mean, we could see that Jimmy Garoppolo. So he is a little bit schizophrenic in that respect. Um, um, but we have seen him do it, and the pressure will be on. Uh, and again, like we said, we're going to give everything to the Patrick Mahomes side in that respect because I believe he is the better talent. Um, the defense for the 49ers will be everything in this contest as it has been all season long. Richard Sherman, we have, this is a good contest to see how they will defend Tyreek Hill. You're obviously, uh, going to have to play double coverage. And then what do you do with Travis Kelsey? So, Quan Alexander may have to be playing coverage more often than not, so maybe the run game for the Kansas City Chiefs will open up. So I mean, like I said, there's so many possibilities, so many uh, ways that both teams could scheme this out, and and I'm I'm loving every minute of it. As I was disi- dissecting a lot of the statistics and some of the tape um, uh, for these clubs over the season and how they have played. I mean, this this contest we are we are set for an absolute dandy. Whoever wins this game, I think. Uh, you know I, I, I really I want to see both sides win I really like how uh, the 49ers have played and how Kyle Shanahan has has grown this club and taken them to the next level and I want to see based on, on history with Andy Reid and LaShawn McCoy and, and how good Patrick Mahomes is to win their Super Bowl, you know, to bring it back to Kansas City after 50 years of not doing anything and not going back to the big show. I think that is that is pulling on my strings to, to root for the Chiefs. Um, but all in all. I mean, my point spread will come out on Friday, um, uh, breaking down this contest on written form on All Day Football, Um, so stay tuned for that. But as of today, I won't leave you guys uh, without my prediction at this point. I really want to side with the San Francisco 49ers, um, but everything inside of me tells me to stick with the Kansas City Chiefs um, simply because of how... Hard they have played. I feel like San Francisco has had an easier road and have have beaten teams um, convincingly. Um, uh, maybe that is a, a, a foreshadow of something to come against the Chiefs. But I mean the way that the Chiefs came back against the Titans, you gotta believe. There's so much fight in this dog that they will not give it up. So even if they're down and, say, San Francisco lets their foot off the gas, um, Patrick Mahomes is never out. So I really want to lean towards Kansas City winning this contest. As for the spread covering two points, I could see it. I mean, 1.5, you could see it. A field goal um, could definitely separate this contest. Last-second field goal, we could see – 60 points on the board, 70 points on the board in uh, this contest could turn into a shootout. But as we said, you know, both teams are stacked. They're loaded. This will be an unbelievable show. Um, I am excited. I hope you are as well. Super Bowl 54 is nearing. It is up here on the weekend coming up, and we are ecstatic. Have your parties. Watch this game. Have a good time doing it. So on that note, that is the show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbeam, and wherever you get your shows. So as always, thank you for tuning in. We always appreciate you. Enjoy the big game. This is what we watch the entire season for. And until next week, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.